Hey there, and welcome back to the Hardly Late Show. This is Deactivating Survival Mode Part 3. Please listen to Episodes 3 and 4 if you need to catch up. I don't want to waste too much time recapping. Alright, so it's 2018, I'm living in the big city, and I've been working my cluster of gigs for about a year. This was also the first anniversary of owning a home. However, there was no celebrating that year. As I hinted in episode 4, shortly after I bought my house, everything that could go wrong pretty much went wrong. For example, I had a string of not-so-great tenants, most of whom failed to pay rent on time, if at all. Some also damaged the unit, and I had to constantly pay for repairs. The lack of rental income resulted in me falling behind on my mortgage payments, and the multiple delinquencies wrecked my credit score which is a lot better now after a few years of careful strategy. In addition to the rental unit needing repairs, the unit my dad lived in had major issues. That winter, the dining and living room floors swelled and ruptured from like this mystery water source, which we eventually discovered like a few years later. I mean, I can go on forever and ever about the horrors of homeowning, but maybe for a later episode. Essentially, I had several financial emergencies that were horribly timed and I was unable to afford, and this was compounded by being stuck paying rent in another city. I was caught with my pants down in a financial sense. Hence, I worked a bunch of gigs to try to keep my head above water. But I was definitely flailing and panicking. But while I was working all these gigs, in addition to my full-time job, I was also applying for more stable part-time work because I felt the gigs weren't going to be sustainable long-term due to the physical demands. Hopefully, I could get something where I'm not sweating or moving heavy stuff for four-plus hours. Also, the random shifts really chopped up my schedule. I had work late nights or early mornings, often back-to-back, and I'd go into my 9-to-5 completely exhausted. But you know what? Survival mode doesn't care about all of that. My goal was just to make it to the next month. Eventually, my late mortgage payments got so bad that my loan got accelerated and I was very close to foreclosure. That, of course, sent me into a spiral, and I immediately went to worst-case scenario, thinking I'd lose the house. What was I going to do? Where was my dad going to live? I had a lot of sleepless nights. And the whole situation felt like bailing water out of a sinking boat. I tried to be resourceful and called my lender to see if there was anything I could do. Fortunately, I was able to work out a payment plan with my lender, and although I still couldn't catch up, it bought me some more time. Anything to fend off a foreclosure. This was also the first time that I learned that some debt is actually negotiable and can even be restructured. It wasn't the zero-tolerance, loan shark situation I envisioned. Anyways, the extra time I got was so crucial. Fast forward to the autumn of 2018, and I finally got an interview for a stable part-time job. Not only did it pay more than all of my gigs combined, but it was in an office setting, so I would be able to sit down. I showed up to the interview overdressed. I was so desperate, I didn't even care. And I got the job. You could not imagine the relief I felt. By the end of 2018, I had enough paychecks under my belt to start making a dent in my payment plan. It was very much an Indiana Jones hat-snatching moment right before the wall came down. 
2019 was still a challenging year for me, but I was slowly turning my financial situation around. Once I completed my payment plan, I was able to get back on track with my regular mortgage payments. I could finally catch my breath. I also took advantage of this momentum by trying to repair my credit simultaneously. I did this by opening a few low-limit credit cards and charging nominal amounts and paying them off on time. This built good payment history and eventually improved my credit score. I really needed that to mitigate the damage those late mortgage payments did to my credit score. And I will say that despite buying a house I couldn't afford, I'm actually very disciplined when it comes to my personal finances. But even with my frugality, I always avoided credit cards out of fear. I was never taught about them, but I heard the horror stories. But once I had a plan and made a budget, credit cards were easy for me to manage. And they were my most powerful tools at that moment. I know it's not easy for everyone to do, but it's something to think about if you find yourself in a similar situation. But of course, research, research, research. My circumstances may not be your circumstances, and I'm only an expert on my own life. Anywho, towards the end of 2019, I had enough money saved up to travel. Also around that time, I got a promotion at my 9 to 5, so I had more financial legroom due to my increased salary. I felt really optimistic now that my financial situation improved. A complete 180 from the nightmare of the previous year. I could feel survival mode finally loosening its grip. But of course, I didn't loosen my grip on that part-time job. I traveled to London for about a week, and it was magical. I didn't realize how badly I needed to be in a different environment since I had been running the gauntlet for the past two years. I got to relax and explore, and it was nice to just be without all the anxiety and firefighting. Unfortunately, as soon as I got back to the US, my roommate terminated his lease to move to another state. And since I was only subletting, I was forced to move as well. Thankfully, I was able to find a place, but I had to like Airbnb for two weeks before I could move in. Also, I took all my stuff with me because I was too cheap to find temporary storage. I can also go on and on about the horrors of renting, but maybe for another episode. Let me know. Um, but while the situation definitely sucked, it paled in comparison to the crisis with my house. Honestly, at that point, I felt like I could handle anything. 2020 was pretty solid, but of course the COVID-19 pandemic started and we went into lockdown. While I was financially stable, I was still in survival mode mentally. The disruptions I experienced with my roommate situation the previous year and the news of pandemic layoffs made me more determined than ever to hold on to both of my jobs, even when I didn't need to. Since my jobs went remote, I was able to actually live in my house with my dad and save more money, where I stayed for most of 2021. And you know what? I also could have quit my part-time job then. But survival mode was still active and I always felt some crisis was just waiting around the corner that was going to take all of my money. And there definitely was. Um, I had more house troubles, I had a death in the family, and my dad also had a severe health scare. And I'm very grateful that I had the means to resolve them at the time. However, I think the problem was using these crises as a justification to stay in survival mode, to not quit my part-time job when I no longer needed it. I was living in fear instead of enjoying the stability and security I created for myself. 
in my mind, it was never going to be enough. And it took me until 2022 to wake up and really understand the cost of my survival mode. Neglecting my health, neglecting my friendships, missing family holidays to work, never feeling like my time is my own, but also putting my dreams and goals on the back burner. All I was concerned with was getting to the next day, so I really didn't have the bandwidth for long-term planning. And all of that eventually led to a breaking point. I needed to reclaim my life. With some encouragement from my family and friends, I finally quit my part-time. And here we are. I'm incredibly grateful and privileged to be in a place in my life where I can voluntarily leave a job and a source of income. But it wasn't easy to get there. I'm just glad that I had the resilience and the resourcefulness to navigate such a difficult situation. I'm also grateful for the lessons I've learned and the growth I experienced despite the challenges. However, zero stars, two thumbs down, do not recommend. What I learned about survival mode is that it's necessary. It's instinct, it's programmed into me. But it's supposed to be temporary. I find higher ground, I feel safe and secure, and then I deactivate it. When it's still running in the background and influencing all my decisions, then it becomes a problem. I don't think humans are designed to be in constant fight or flight, but for a while, it's all I knew. And even though this is part three of deactivating survival mode, I feel like I'm in the beginning of a much longer process, a larger deconditioning. Hopefully, I can find healthier ways of cultivating security to address my feelings of lack. I don't have all the answers, but I have lots of questions. How can I change my outlook on life so I don't catastrophize and create worst case scenarios? How can I work on my perfectionism so I don't tear myself down for every mistake? What good habits and routines can I establish to keep me grounded and balanced? How can I establish strong support systems so I don't feel like it's me against the world? And how can I better manage my time, money, and energy to feel more resourced? I hope to get answers to these questions, and when I do, I'll share them right here on this podcast. But thank you so much for your patience on this episode. I know it's been a long time coming. And I'm definitely open to doing more installments of Deactivating Survival Mode in the future, or any part of my story that you'd like me to elaborate on. Let me know. As always, you can reach me at hardlylateshow at gmail.com. But of course, no pressure, no rush. It's always a good time. You're hardly late. Bye for now.